critical race theory was originally a very niche political sub-school shot of political science, it's not necessarily a rigorous academic discipline. It introduces an analytical perspective to analyze social relations, local governance, and political outcomes through racism. It may be applicable before the civil rights movement, but in today's society, looking at things, looking at our society, our country, and our world through this racialized framework is not practical. It promotes a very narrow worldview that you are either a victim or you are the oppressor by virtue of your skin color. It's essentially racial stereotyping and racial discrimination. It encourages our students, our very impressionable youth, to look at themselves and their peers through the prism of race. So everything they see, the lens that they apply to their analysis is racialized, and that's dangerous. Listen to me very carefully. We do not want another civil war in this country, nor do you. If you are an agitator, if you are one of these college dumbbell agitators, be aware of something. Nobody wins in war. Now, Booker T. Washington is quoted widely. I'm going to read one quote that's very important for you to hear. This is Booker T. Washington. <clears throat> there is another class of colored people who make a business of keeping the troubles, the wrongs, and the hardships of the Negro race before the public. Having learned that they are able to make a living out of their troubles, they have grown into the settled habit of advertising their wrongs, partly because they want sympathy and partly because it pays. My friends, welcome to the Sheep Kishir podcast. We're here we talk about people, politics, and popular culture. I'm your host, the one and only Austin Creed. So thank you so much to uh, Michael Savage and to a wonderful Asian lady for opening the show for us today. My friends, I got a really simple question that is simple at face value, but it's very complicated to answer. And that question is this. Why is America so obsessed with race? Why are we so obsessed with this concept of racism? Why are we so consumed by it? Now, I'm not blind, okay? And here's the first thing that I know. I know the first thing that people are going to do is they're going to, if you're listening on audio, you you probably don't know, but if you're watching, you're going to immediately say, oh, he's white, so everything he says is immediately discarded. Everything he has to say, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be watching him, I'm going to be listening, and I'm waiting for him to just make one misstep, one simple mistake. And then I'm going to expose him. I'm going to expose him. I'm going to call him every name under the sun. And I'm going to get rid of him. Because I hate him. He is le he's, he's wrong. And I'm going to finally get him this time. Those are all my haters. But that's okay. I'm not going to give them satisfaction. But here's what we're going to do today. We're going to embrace this topic. Because I think it's something that really needs to be discussed. Racism is, in my opinion, part of the human condition. Now... Not how people would define it. People would define racism much differently than how I think it should be defined and what it is actually in the, de the dictionary. 
I think it's naturally inherent in every person to want to be with people that are like them, whether it be they look like them, talk like them, walk like them, uh, have the same ideas as them. I think people are naturally drawn to that. Now, in a multicultural society such as the one we live in here in the United States of America, I think we're a little bit different. I believe people are more connected to people that have the same ideas as them more than people who look like them. I don't think it matters so much to people as maybe it would in a place like China or Japan or in places in Africa like Egypt or places like that. I don't think in the Western world racism is nearly as prevalent as it is in places like we see in Muslim-dominated countries where if you're not Muslim or you don't look Muslim being mostly either A, Arab or B, Black, then you're discriminated against. That's where real discrimination exists. Now, I'm not here to tell you that that individual racism does not exist. I would be ridiculously stupid to say something like that because obviously it does. But I'm going to tell you right here on this show, systematic racism, a thing of the past. It doesn't exist. And for those of you who disagree with me, I would like for you to name me one civil basic human right that a someone who is black, brown, Asian, uh, Native American, whatever it is you want to say, name them. Name me one civil or human right that they have, that, that they lack that I have as a white man. I'd like to know. I would like to know the civil or human right that they, that they need that I have that they don't have. I'd like to know it. Because make no mistake about it, this whole concept of race, the whole racism argument is a divide and conquer idea from the politicians in power. It is meant to divide people and conquer you. That is what it is for. That is what it is used for. It is a political tool. You ever notice that around the time that the election happens, suddenly you see this horrific, terrible crime of someone who's white, whether they be a cop or non, or cop or civilian, against some innocent poor black man or something like that? You ever notice that that tends to happen right on cue in time for the election? You ever notice that? That's not an accident. Now, it's still equally appalling and horrible, but you gotta notice these things. Second, here's what I want to read for you. Most of you who are really plugged in politically probably have heard about Bill Ayers. You probably heard about Stalin, guys like that, right? But you haven't probably heard of a guy named Herbert Marcuse. Now, Herbert Marcuse was the founder of the Frankfurt School of Marxist Theory. And instead of following in the footsteps of his predecessors like Stalin, um, people that would come down the, the road like Paul Pot or um, Mao Zedong or people like that, he decided and he proposed that in allowing the society to continue exchanging goods and services and defending their country, but to subvert them from within using a quiet cultural war. Now, I know most of you probably don't even, you're probably turned off already. I'm getting a little too out of touch, but I'm not. This is right on topic. Because he gave them 11 different things to consider and recommended the following. I could read you down the list of all 11. I've done it in a previous show. But I want to bring up the very first one of the 11 things that Herbert Marcuse and his cohorts at the Frankfurt School of Marxist theory, they call it critical thinking now because they're clever, 
They said the following. The first one of the 11 is the creation of racism offenses. Yes, you heard me. The creation of racism offenses. In other words, whenever it happens, whenever something happens, and whenever it's applicable, scream racism. That's what Barack Obama did for eight straight years. We see it happening now with Kamala Harris. We see it happening all across the government, across entertainment. Whenever you disagree with somebody, you scream racism. It has nothing to do with their intellectual capabilities, has nothing to do with them being right or wrong, and everything to do with the fact that of the race of the person who says it or receives what is being said. Now, if we go back to the first video we discussed earlier that was first played on the show about critical race theory, critical race theory is a symptom of the insanity in which we're living today. Because if you look at it, dissecting even what she said, she said it quite adequately, which is probably more in-depth than I could do. Talking about how you divide people into the oppressed and the oppressor. Now, answer me this. What sane society would do something like that? Say that if you are this race, you're a victim, or if you're this race, you're being vindictive. How many societies on earth can survive that? Answer, none. What, how is it not the very thing you're trying to destroy by saying that if you are this race, you're inherently being oppressed or you're inherently oppressing others? That takes out all the individuality of the human being, all the autonomy of having an individual soul, an individual will, and an individual choice that you make every single day and multiple times over. That is just rearranging the problem. What happened? What happened? to Martin Luther King Jr.'s idea of people not being judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. What happened to that concept in America? I got to give credit to the Supreme Court, though, of overruling um, affirmative action from a while or a little while ago. That was a huge step because it was long overdue. Because let me explain something to you, you know-nothings out there who don't understand reality. Let me explain something to you. Without quality, you cannot have equality. Let me repeat that in case you missed it. Without quality, you can't have equality. In other words, if people are not in on the intellectual playing field, if they're not on an equal level, then there won't be actual equality. It will be synthetic and artificial. If you say that these people get a leg up, or a leg down, whether it be a, be a leg up because you're black or Hispanic, or a leg down if you're Asian or Caucasian, that, in, that inherently creates a racial divide that does not need to exist. Because then you have the white people looking, or Asians looking down potentially on the blacks and Hispanics, and the blacks and Hispanics looking down on the whites or the Asians in that, in that scenario. Again, it only creates problems. Race is not controlled by anybody. You cannot control... We don't live in an RPG game where you have a, hello, please choose your character and your customization avatar. And you can't do that. Not that I'm aware of. You don't get to choose, oh yes, I would like to be uh, black or I would like to be Hispanic. I like to be Asian. I like to be Native American. I'd like to be white. You don't get to choose any of these things. You don't get to choose your hair color or your eye color. You see, but that's we could change our hair and eye color. You can't change your race. You can't do it because that's something you're just given. It's something assigned to you. 
You don't get to choose that. So why the hell should anybody be penalized or praised for it? It doesn't make any sense to me. Why? Why is anybody inherently better or worse because of their skin color, which they had no play in? No, they had nothing to do with it. Nothing. Their parents chose for them. You don't get to choose your parents. You don't get to choose your life situation when you're a kid. You don't get to choose any of that stuff. It's given to you, whether you like it or not. So I'm going to tie this back in again to the question I raised at the beginning of the show. Why, why is America obsessed with race? And, well, I gave you the answer already. The answer is because the politicians can gain power and big business can boom off of it. Make no mistake about it. The quote by Booker T. Washington about bringing the problems of, in his words, the Negro race before the public was partly because they want sympathy and partially because it pays. He's not wrong. His quote is not wrong. Because yes, there are genuine problems in the world. And yes, there is individual racism. Yes, people can have racist behaviors or racial, racial tendencies. That is true. I don't think anybody could disagree with that. If they have any rationality when them, inside them whatsoever, they can't disagree with that. But then why is it, do you think, that racism has become such big business? People make a lot of money. People rise to fame off of these race cases and screaming racism in a crowded nation. Why? Again, let's go back to the quote. Because, partially because it pays. Because people make money off this. Always. Always. Follow the money. Always follow the money, my friends. Because that's what everything, everything, that's what everything comes down to. We need to remember this. The only color that really matters in the world is green. Money. That's what everything boils down to. Everything else is a shadow, up, well, with rare exception, everything else is just a shadow upon the Plato's cave. If you've never read the allegory of the cave, I highly recommend it. It's very good. My friends, I want you to take this away from the show today. Always remember, power and money make the world go round. And when you look at racism and how it's monetized in today's culture, you need to remember that with very rare exception, outside individual racism, individual cases of racism, it is only pushed in the system for money. Because otherwise, they wouldn't be doing it. There'd be nothing to gain from it. There is no basic civil or human right that anybody in this country has of a certain race that no one else has. That doesn't exist. It's all fake. All drummed up by the media. You want to know something funny? I mentioned the Herbert Marcuse list of 11 things put out by the Marcuse Frankfurt School of Marxist Theory. Number 10 on that list was to control and dumb down the media. That's why to almost the 99th percentile, you hear the same drivel, the same garbage on every channel. That's why. And that's why guys like me are censored because we, I, we tell the truth. I tell the truth. And people don't like it. 
There's more money to be made in lying and telling people what they want to hear than there is in people like me giving it to you raw, giving it to you authentically, because it's too abrasive. It's too hurtful. I don't say it to be hurtful. I say it because I want you to hear reality because it's really what you need to hear if you want to move forward. But my friends, I think I made my point. I could go on about this for hours, but I think you get my point. And if you have anything you want to say, you want to cast judgment upon me, go right ahead. I won't stop you, even though you're wrong. You can go on to my Twitter, at CheapKidSheared, or you can go to the, tw to the comment section on Rumble or on YouTube. But my friends, you need to keep in mind, once again, like I said, the only color that matters is green. The money. That's what it boils down to. My friends, God bless you. God bless your family. God bless America. We're out of here. Peace. Enjoy your evening.